1: Uh, we have some very special guests with us that I'm so honored uh, to just know and hang out with. Uh, we have Dusty and Ann Hammock with us from, uh, I would love to say Alabama, but I think you're in about, every time I call them or hear from them, they're in another country or another state. Anyways, these guys are all over the place. But if you guys have never met them, they pastor a church for... Man, 20-what years, 30 years, whatever. They passed the church a very long time in Birmingham, Alabama. Long time. And I uh, got stories to tell about it. And then uh, a few years ago, they actually transitioned uh, to start working with Mountain Gateway, which is a ministry we support here in the church. Uh, they, they Basically, they became the vice presidents of that ministry. And has launched, God has launched them into a total different realm than they've ever functioned in before. Anyways, uh, let me say this, and then I'll hand the mic over to Dusty. Um, this morning, I was thinking about... How every time that I have had the opportunity to just sit and listen to Dusty, share devotion, talk, it doesn't matter if it's in a staff meeting with Mountain Gateway over Zoom. It doesn't matter if it's been uh, on the side of a mountain in the backcountry or if it's been him teaching or him preaching from a church. Every time I've heard this man speak, uh, God has put something from his heart into mine to change me. And so this is uh, a great Source of revelation and wisdom. And I can tell you, even even in, and I think David, wherever David's at, uh, there was one day we were man, a rough hike. We were at 12,000 feet and, uh, and I could hardly breathe and man, uh, that dude was shucking and bucking on the side of a mountain man preaching revelation. And uh, so for me, my favorite person to hike with in the back country because you got to go with, a, with an instructor, it's Dusty. For two reasons. A, he walks at the pace I like to walk at. And uh, <laughs> because I don't move that fast and secondly, it's because every time I know I'm with him, I'm going to learn something so anyways, I would just say that I say that to say this, if you could just open up your heart Uh, man, Jesus wants to talk to you today I'm sure of that, and so if you can open up your heart and hear what he'd have to say, I believe he'll meet you there Amen, can y'all welcome Dusty with me please
0: Wow the, the opportunity to be in this house, uh, it's, it's humbling, um, and the reason it's humbling for me personally is that I have to stand up here today knowing that you get to hear Pastor Quentin every week, and then I have to come in here and follow that. Is like, oh my goodness, but I do want to honor uh, uh, PQ, his, his love for you and uh, for Jen, I, I just tell you what, th- having them as your leaders, it is, um, please don't ever take that for granted. I know you don't, but it's, it can never be common for what God sends uh, to a place, to a city, to a community, to a people. And so I honor them today and thank them uh, for letting us be here and be through, uh, be able to be a part of your marriage conference. And uh, we, we got to learn, Ann and I were learning as we're teaching, because, you know, when you're sharing uh, what the Word of God says, uh, you're, you know, you may be saying, here's what I suggest to you, but, you know, I got one, two, three pointing back at, at me. And so there's a lot in that that we were growing and learning. Um, when... I knew that I would be here at this moment uh, sharing with you. Uh, I just asked Holy Spirit what is it that you want to say uh, because i have uh, i 've been in some kind of full time ministry for about forty years so it, it's i 've been in church work and pastoring or on staff, uh, all of those things for a long long time um, and so I have Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of sermons that I like. I think they're pretty good. I'm going, that's a good one right there. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so the temptation is to want to come and bring a good sermon. Can I just be candid? You know, I don't want to bring a bad sermon. That would, You know, to never get asked back, that would be terrible, you know. <laughs> so... <clears throat> What happened was, I just said, Holy Spirit, what is it that you want to say? And so, I really am convinced that what uh, the Word is, there's two things to do. You have a Word to say, and then how you say it. It's two different things. And, and I've prayed for the Word that He gave me, and I know without a doubt that Word is exactly what He wants to say. However, he has to use a broken vessel to bring it, <laughs> bring it to you. And so, uh, I'm going to, with God's help today, not only bring a word that I know Jesus said was for this house, it's, all, it's also how we say it. And so, I'm just going to ask uh, Holy Spirit to help us. Can you do that with me? Holy Spirit, I thank you for your, your guidance today and your care um, And we ask that you would step into the room and do something that we can't do ourselves, And that you would supernaturally teach us at your feet. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay. I'm going to try to answer some questions. And the questions that I want to answer today are my questions... And as I've journeyed along in my life, I've discovered that sometimes my questions are a lot of times other people's questions. And so I want to try to answer some questions. And one of them that I've struggled with for most of my, well, I'm going to say uh, the first time I can ever remember being in church, I was seven years old. Okay, and uh, I was in a vacation Bible school. And for those of you who have history in a certain denominational culture, you'll know what I mean when I say VBS, right? You ever been to VBS? Okay, all right. Well, I was in VBS, Vacation Bible School, at seven years old, and accepted Christ as my Savior. And that my life at seven years old transformed. I mean, from a life of sin, and it just transformed it. I think I went out, the, I think I left that service that day, Pastor, and I threw a rock and knocked the wind out of the church. So I, ha- I didn't have a lot of, I didn't have a lot of transformation, you know, at, at seven. But what happened at, at that age, being propelled into church, I started asking, what does that mean? I mean, what in the world does that mean? And have have you ever sat in a church service or watched a, a church service on TV and went, "What does that mean?" Have you ever done that before? And so what happens in answering that question is that you struggle sometimes. So I'm going to just let you walk with me through my struggles. I'm going to testify my struggle. All right. I grew up in a particular denominational culture that I value today. VBS I grew up in a Baptist church. Uh, in fact, as I was growing up in those, not growing up, seven, you know, that, so growing up after seven, and then later in that journey, my dad just gets transformed, and, um, and then he gets called to the ministry, and so he starts preaching in Baptist churches, and then eventually becomes a Pastor. Of A Baptist church and it's in that environment in that culture is where I started sort of eating the Word of God in that environment and I value that so much because there's one thing about my brothers and sisters in the Baptist you better know it from the Word. I I, I mean you, you better you better know this book. And that's what I think I value so much in growing up in that culture is that this book was always the focal point of that particular culture. And I value that so much. And if you've been a part of that culture, or maybe you're still a part of that culture, I want to say thank you, Jesus, for a group of people who value this book right here. Amen? And then in that environment... I also had a lot of questions. And there were some words that I would hear in that culture, and I would have to ask, what does that mean? So here's one of the words I heard. Pentecostal. Pentecostalism, or a classic, uh, I would call a Protestant charismatic Christian movement that emphasizes a direct personal relationship of God through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And as a young Baptist boy, what do you think I ask? What is that, What does that mean? And I did not have a context. I didn't have an understanding. It was not a conversation that happened a lot. However, it was a conversation that started happening because my dad received this experience called the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and it began to change our family. I saw my dad cry for the first time. And I told my mom, Dad's had a nervous breakdown. (laughs) I did. My dad's had a nervous breakdown. And then we started going to these meetings where where it looked like this. Okay? And so... When I would watch this happen, where, you know, like, dancing and barefoot dancing, (laughs) I had to say, "What what does that mean? Okay, so I'm about 12. I'm about 12 at this time, okay? And in that journey, I found out there was only one thing I liked about it. Refreshments at the end. It was the only thing I liked about it because I didn't understand it. Mom and dad seemed to be loving it, but I was at 12 going, what does this mean? I love the refreshments. Then something happened that it just absolutely changed my brain. Something shifted, and my mom, who had been very sick all of my life with migraine headaches to the point where we had those black blinds you know and she would go into the room and everybody had to be quiet and she would take she would take medication and knock her out just to be able to to get through these migraine headaches and i remember it like it was yesterday <laughs> my mom went into the bathroom and took the medicine out of the medicine cabinet and poured it down the toilet and flushed it and i said mother you cannot do that. The doctor said he would have to, have to sort of migrate you off that medication. Mom, you can't do that. And she said, Jesus has healed me. And I had to say, what does that mean? What does that mean? It really scared me, by the way. I'm just being real candid with you. It scared me because I thought my mom and my dad had lost their mind. I did, because I couldn't figure out the answer to the question. So as I was growing and developing as a young teenager, and knowing the value of this, I just started studying and trying to figure it out. And so, let's start with that journey. Book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, is what happened when the Holy Spirit came. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost came, which all that means is 50 days after the Passover. 50 days after Passover, that's all that means. Uh, Pentecost, that's 50. That's all that means, okay? So 50 days after Jesus had already died, that was right right at that time of, of Passover. It says they all came together in one place and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind, like a tornado came from heaven, and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw, they heard first, and then they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, that scripture started getting read in meetings that now we were going to. And as a young teenager, I started asking the question, what does that mean? Okay? Because it was foreign to me. It was a foreign idea. It was a, a foreign concept. All right? So... It happened where I'm watching these things happen in my parents. I'm watching things happening in other people. And the same thing started happening to me that happened to people on the day of Pentecost. So now I'm going to read another scripture. It is Acts 2.12. And it is how people started responding and reacting to this day in which they heard a wind, they saw fire, they heard people speaking in languages they'd never heard before, and here's what happened. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Now, this was awesome for me because now I'm in a group. (laughs) Now I'm a part of a group who's asking the same question. (laughs) What does this mean? And it began to propel me on a journey that I want to walk you through just for a little bit this morning. So let's just talk about the fact that Jesus told the disciples in John chapter 13 14 15 16 and 17 those books which by the way are those those chapters in the book of John you ought to go just read those cuz it's the longest recorded conversation that a continuous conversation of Jesus. The longest. It's all a continuous act of what's happening starts in the in the upper room with Jesus washing the disciples' feet and telling Judas go do what you got to do. That you remember all that. And then they leave that and they're walking over to the garden of Gethsemane for prayer and in that walk across Jesus is having a conversation. And in that conversation he begins to tell them about the coming of the Holy Spirit. And why did the Holy Spirit come? So let's just look at that real quick. So you can write these down, take some notes, look at it later. And uh, first one is uh, ver, uh, John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17. John 14, 16 and 17. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter to help you and to be with you forever the Spirit of truth. Listen to this the world cannot accept him because it neither what? sees him or knows him i i was in that boat i was in that boat i can't see but something's happening but i don't know what it is and i didn't really have an understanding to know him but jesus says but you know him for he lives with you lives with you but soon what It will be in you. So there was a with and there was an in. Okay? So I was a young boy, saved, born again, baptized in water, and the Holy Spirit walking with me. Walking with me. I didn't have a clue what it meant to have Him empowered in me. I didn't know what that meant. And so, the first thing is that the comforter came. So today, if you're in the house and you need comfort, guess what? you got this awesome third part of the Trinity. And I knew that. I grew up knowing about the third part of the Trinity. I mean, you have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Because every time something happened, whether it was a wedding or communion or baptism, I heard those three names. Now, I didn't know a whole lot about them. But I did know the three names of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the first thing is, the Comforter is here today to bring comfort. He is. If you're broken and hurting. On the inside, the Comforter is here. Okay. John 14, 26. John 14, 26. But the Comforter, now He describes Him. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in My name, will teach you a few things. Is that what it says? All things. Now that blew my mind. Because the all in the Greek means... All. It does. It just means all. All things. And will remind you of everything I have said. So now not only is He a comforter, and He's there to help me when I'm broken and hurting, He's also my teacher. He's there to, to not only give me comfort, but to... You know, use the whiteboard and here, let me show you some things and principles and, and sort of put it in order. That's what a teacher does, right? Helps put things in some systematic order so that it gets in you. It's not just, a teacher's not there just to talk, a teacher's there to talk in a way you get it. Okay? So he's a teacher. Let me give you another one. This is in John 15. You see where I'm walking right through those chapters of Jesus' conversation. John 15, 26. When the Comforter comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who goes out from the Father, He will testify of me. So what in the world does that mean? It means that the Holy Spirit who's now in us will begin to testify about Jesus. Jesus. Have you ever been in the presence of someone, maybe you were just at a restaurant or you were with a friend and you said some things to them and you got away from it, you went, okay, where'd that come from? Wow, how'd I know that? Wow, that, that, was, that was wild. I hadn't even thought of that, but now I said that. Holy Spirit was testifying about Jesus right through you. And that's why I came. One of the reasons, okay? Here's another one, John 16, 7. John 16, 7. Nevertheless, I will tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Now that scripture, if you just camped on that for a while, it's to my advantage. Jesus is gone, but it's it's better that he leaves. That's really wild. Because when you think about it, I would love to have just Jesus here. Just right here. Come on, Jesus. Just walk through the streets. However, the Holy Spirit's here. In a powerful, different way. But Jesus said it was better. So i got to know what better means. Because... I would have loved to have it the other way, but Jesus said, No, it's better this way. right. It says, To your advantage I go away, for if I do not go away, the Comforter will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you, and he has come, and when he has come, he will, say that loud, convict the world of sin, and of righteousness, and of judgment, and sin, because they do not believe in me. So now... We have a comforter. We have a teacher. We have one who's going to to reveal all things to us. Uh, We we have someone who's going to testify through us. And now we have someone who's going to convict us. Conviction. And I tried to teach my children when they were young, uh, what in the world is conviction? And I tried to connect them to their conscience. Because that's what we call it. We call it conscience. You say, well, what about someone who's got a, a conscience and they don't even know Jesus? Well, the Bible says in the book of Romans that God wrote the word of God on our hearts. Not, not just believers. Everyone has the word of God written on their hearts so they can at least have, according to the scripture, no excuse. It's there. It's in them. So their conscience is Holy Spirit saying, oh, no, 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 Mm-mm. no, 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 no. Don't, don't put that candy bar in your pocket at Walmart and think you're going to go out, you know. You know, don't, oh, no, no, no. So there's so many times the Holy Spirit is convicting us of the sin in our life. So that's another part of why He came. All right? So let's keep going. John 16, 13. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, again, another term of who He is, when He comes, He will now guide you into all truth. I love this. He's not just at the front of the room on the, on the whiteboard saying, here's the principles. He's saying, come on, grab you by the hand. Come on. I'm going to now show you some things. Come on. I'm going to guide you into truth. And I will assure you today that if you're in this room and you're asking the questions, what does that mean? And you're trying to work through it like, uh, like I have. I'm still working through stuff. He'll tell me stuff and I go, okay, oh, hey, what does that mean? Even today. Because he's always revealing the heart of the Father which is endless and the truth of the universe. And so if you're here today and you go, you know what? I'm not real sure about Holy Spirit. I'm not real sure about that. I'm not really confident. That's Okay relax it's okay he's your god he's your teacher he's your comforter in fact he is the spirit of truth so if you're trying to wonder okay well i don't know is this real or not it's okay relax he's the god he's the god if you chase him he's going to take you where you need to go you can't chase jesus and find the devil And I don't have time to teach that, but there, Jesus taught that, by the way. He says, you, if you ask the Father for a fish, He's not going to give you a piece of bread. I mean, he, he talked about all that. And then He said, when you ask Him for the Holy Spirit, that's what you're going to get. Okay? All right, anyway. All right, check this out. Luke 24, 49. Now, I've moved now over into another gospel because we've got to, to get to that part that Jesus started telling the disciples what's going to happen. He says, "I'm going." To, this is Luke 24, 49. I'm going to send to you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with what? Power. That Greek word is dunamis. It, we get our English word dynamite. Uh, it, it's like what gets in us through the power of the Holy Spirit, it is so potent that it will move stuff when ignited <laughs> it, it, it's going to get some things moving when ignited and so Jesus said there was going to come a day when his disciples would be clothed from on high now look at Luke I mean Acts chapter one verse 8 again the words of Jesus but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you shall be my witnesses and Jerusalem and Judea Samaria and to the ends of the earth. be my witness now what's pretty amazing about that is to be a witness, sometimes we would say, okay, well, I'm going I'm to hand a tract to someone. Well, that would be more telling the gospel. The telling of the gospel. That would be more like what he said he's going to testify about Jesus. Well, that's not what this word means. This word is actually in the Greek language, martyreos. We get our English word, martyr. It is not the power to tell the gospel. It is the power to give your life for the gospel. And if you're willing to say, I will tell the gospel no matter what, you don't have to worry about whether you'll tell it. Because you're ready to give up your life for Him. Does that make sense? So now, look at this. We have to comfort. Why did the Holy Spirit come? To comfort believers. To testify about Jesus. To convict the world of sin. To guide into all truth. And to give power to believers. That's what Jesus said is why the Holy Spirit would come. All right. So in all of that, I'm still asking the question that was asked at the very beginning about these people who were amazed and perplexed, asking some very serious questions. So now I'm going to read the whole passage, which comes out of, of Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 12. And I want you to see how this unfolds. Look at this. It's amazing. Amazed and per, I'm, I'm Acts chapter 2, verse 12. I think it's behind me. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, I've been there, I've done that, I've got the t-shirt of making fun of Pentecostals. I've done it. I'm just I'm I'm confessing, not proud of it. I'm not proud of it. I'm confessing I have been there. And I've made fun. Because I would have to say, what does this mean? And it looked rather weird to me. Am I the only one in this house? Are y'all with me? Okay. Some made fun of them and they said they've had too much wine. So you have to stop and think about this. They're seeing something happening that looks really more intoxicating than it does from heaven. It looks more like someone's been drinking instead of someone's been praying. That's what it looks like. Okay? And then it says, um, Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Hallelujah. Finally, someone's going to tell me what this means. Listen carefully to what I say. So what should we be doing this morning? Yes. Listen very carefully. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No. This that looks like drunk folk is something else. What you think think is this is really not this. It's something else. And what did he say? No, this is a prophetic word that is being fulfilled today by, who spoke it first? The prophet Joel spoke it. In Joel chapter 2, he told you this was going to happen. And what you see that looks like drunk is really the fulfillment of a prophetic word. And this is what we have to be careful when we watch things happen and we're not sure about them. Let's do what we knows right. Let's just go here. And by going here, because, listen, I, I, I had a concern growing up as a, as a teenager that I was going to be led down a road of error. And heresy. I was, I was really, I, I had a, I had a, a real trembling. I, I never, and I know you're the same way. You don't want to just go down a road and get down the road and go, oh my goodness. Now look where I am. I'm down this road and I, I've just t- taken the bait, hook, line, and sinker. So what I thought I would do is the thing that happened to me. What does this mean? So I'm going to walk with you through my journey. So follow me in my journey. Okay? First thing. I started seeing people fall on the floor. And I had to say... What does that mean? Okay. So, Acts chapter 10, verse 9. Acts chapter 10, verse 9. Afternoon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray, and and he became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while... The meal was being prepared. I read that phrase and I went, no way. No way. Peter fell into a trance. Now, later as as my teenage years was developing. And I was growing and, and I had walked into some of the experiences that had been mentioned in scripture. I started seeing some things pretty amazing happen. That oh, that's what this means? I started seeing and experiencing, oh, that's what that means. Okay. So one time I was asked by Brother Brett's older brother, which is Trey. We were roommates together. And Trey says to me, hey, why don't we go help an evangelist this weekend at a meeting? Okay? So we go. And, this, and, and people start coming to the altar. And the evangelist had given us instructions. If people fall out, There's not enough room up here. We have a side room. Just take them over into the side room so we'll have room in the altar. That's easy. You know, fall out here. Come on, let's walk over here and get you in this room. (laughs) Not! Okay, I'm just telling you how it happened. They were like trees falling. And so I got on the head and held the hands and Trey got on the feet. <laughs> and we carried them and started, I, we, we started having a conversation. So maybe we ought to line them up. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm not making this up. And I, we, Trey and I are lining them up. Well, the room filled up. And so we thought, okay, we, we grew up in the country. We were, we're country boys. We know how to stack firewood. <laughs> so that's exactly what happened. We started turning them this way. The room was full of people in a trance. We didn't do it. Evangelists didn't do it. Holy Spirit had come in the room, and no one, I mean, you couldn't, you're like, okay, I don't know, but all I know is you get the hands, I get the feet. That's all we knew. (laughs) And so, when that happens, and you're a young kid like me, you ask the question What does that mean? It's because if you remember the story, it was not so much that Peter fell out in a trance. It's what God said while he was out. So remember this. If you fall out, it's not a sign of your spirituality. It's actually who you are when you get up that matters. Not that you went down. But it's who you are when you get up. That's what that means. So I really started studying. You've got Acts chapter 22, verse 17 and 18. The Apostle Paul had the same thing happen to him. It had sort of a, a, a very quick thing happened when he got uh, on the road to Damascus. You remember that story? And, and the light comes and he's, he falls down on the ground. Okay? And and that was not a trance. He just fell down. He was like, boom! Okay? He's down. Well, then in Acts 22, 17 and 18, he falls into a trance. He's praying. Paul's praying. Falls into a trance. And while he's down, God says... You, Jesus starts talking to him. And says, "Get out of the city because they're not going to listen to you. They're going to try to kill you. Get out." I mean, I love. I, I mean, I, if there's someone trying to kill me and the Holy Spirit puts me in a trance and tells me to get out of town, guess what I'm doing? <laughs> I'm getting out of. I'm getting out of town. Again, it was not that he fell out. It's what he needed to do when he got up, and so. The reason I'm telling you is that I started looking. And there, I, I could go on and on and on. And there are so many incidences. Like, for instance, God put Adam to sleep so he could get Eve. Okay? And then he put Abraham to sleep so he could abs- actually uh, sh- the, the, uh, cut the, the sacrifice and the Holy Spirit and Jesus. And they all walked in between it. And while Abraham's out, uh, God caused Ezekiel to fall down. And Daniel fell, fell into a deep sleep. So all of these Hebrew words, deep sleep, and then you come to the New Testament and it's trance. It's, it's the same. And so the reason I'm telling you is is that it didn't make sense to me for people to fall on the floor. Do you understand my cultural background, why that didn't make sense? Okay. So that when someone laid hands on me, forgive me, I'm confessing. I, I'm being I, I'm being honest with you. I'm going okay. If I'm going down, I'm going down, and it's going to be because I fought it. I fought it, and it happened. I remember the day, an evangelist coming towards me. I did this, and that's the last thing I remember. That's the last thing I remember. It was it was like whoa, whoa. And I got up off the floor and I said, what does this mean? I'm not telling you I've got it figured out. All I know is it's real. Now, there can be counterfeits to anything on the planet. Anything. But I was a young guy growing up saying, I want the real deal. (laughs) I want the real deal. And I'm not going to let counterfeits keep me from having the real deal. As long as I can find it in this book. So anyway, I thought I'd throw that up there, you know. What about shaking, trembling, and jerking? Oh man, I found a bunch of those. My heart within me is broken because of the prophets. All of my bones shake, Jeremiah said. I am like a... Does that sound familiar to the day of Pentecost? Okay, I am a drunken man. And and like a man whom wine has overcome... Because of the Lord and because of His holy words. See, when, when God shows up in a moment, you just have to settle in to know, hey, something powerful is about to happen. There's another, Psalm 99.1, the Lord reigns, all the people tremble. He dwells among the cherubims, let the earth be moved. And then I thought, what about times when I heard people groaning? Okay? And then I remembered the Romans 8.26 where it says the Spirit is praying through believers groaning with words that we cannot even e- explain. And you've probably had people praying and they're groaning. You're like, that's embarrassing. Please stop. But you know, I'm just telling you, God's doing something in them. And if you've ever groaned in prayer and you asked the Holy Spirit to stop, okay. It's alright. He's not intimidated with all of that. He loves to answer our questions of what does this mean? As long as we're just seeking after Him. And then the big one that always got me. The big one. Speaking in tongues. And the day of Pentecost came. They were all together in one place. Acts 2 went through 4. Fire came. And they all started speaking in tongues. I didn't get that one. I'm just telling right up front. I did not. Because in my head, I kept thinking... That the devil was giving me words to say. I'm just telling you right up front. That's what I thought. And I remember the day. uh, And it took a while. For me to really get past this. Because this was my big one. And um, I think I was 16. And late in the summer. Of when I was 16. um, And I was at the altar. And I was just talking to Jesus. Jesus, People talk about That. (sighs) baptism of the Holy Spirit thing and speaking in tongues and I don't even know what it means and will you will you just give me what you want to give me and I remember at 16 I started speaking in tongues in a language I'd never learned before The power of God came upon me in such a powerful way, I'll never be able to deny it. In fact, it was so powerful and so amazing and so mighty, I would relate it to getting saved. It it was not getting saved. I got saved when I was seven. But something so powerful happened in that moment. It was so transforming, I could not deny it. And in that, I had to say, I am amazed and I am perplexed. But what does this mean? And I do know without a doubt that when that experience happened to me, there was a boldness that came upon my life like I've never known before and it's never died. A boldness to tell my friends at school, Jesus loves you. A a boldness to to pray for people who were sick and believe that God was going to do what he said in his word. His Word became not a storybook. It became not something that was on flannel board. It became not something that I was learning stories. It became so real and alive that now I wanted to walk in the the footsteps of the prophets and the disciples. And now it was not just a story about what had happened. It became the reality of what could happen today in obedience to the power of God. And that's what I wanted in my life. And so when I have to today think about why did the Holy Spirit come. Put that list back up there of why the Holy Spirit came. That's why we're here today. And that is, do you need comfort? Do you need the, the power of God testifying through you? Maybe you're here today and you need a conviction in your heart. Okay. I I feel the Holy Spirit convicting me. I need to be guided because I'm confused about some things and I need truth. I don't need a bunch of confusing lies. I need truth. Or maybe you're here today and you say, okay, I'm ready for the power. I'm ready for the power of God to come. No matter where you are today, I have to tell you that if you're asking the question, what does this mean? I came here to tell you is that it's like this. Jesus says, I've got to go away. And if I go away, I'm going to send someone just like me. So that the representation of heaven upon the earth is not with you. And as a believer, he's in you. Paul wrote in the book of Corinthians that we are temples of the Holy Spirit. A temple? What was a temple? When, when, when God told uh, Abraham or told Moses to build a tabernacle, to build a, a, a sanctuary on the earth, if you remember that, He says, I want you to build me a place where I can dwell on the earth, where God can dwell on the earth. And now I get the, the, the command that now I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're As a believer, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. So where is God's footprint now upon the earth? Wherever I go. Wherever I go is the temple moving, the sanctuary of God moving upon the earth. Why? So that revival can come to this community. So that there's not, listen carefully, we're not just in church so that we can help fix the broken. We're not in church just so we can get the addict out of their addiction. Or get the divorce back restored. We're not here just to find people who've lost their mind, get a new mind. That's not what it's about. It's about the power of God falling in such an amazing way. We're not fixing problems, we're avoiding problems. It is because the people of God are so full of heaven... That no to sin is the decision made. And the crime begins to stop. I can write day, Today I can read stories of where criminals started going to the police station and confessing what they had done because they got under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. See, it's not a matter of what we're going to fix problem. It's a matter of saying, Heaven come! Heaven come down! Let there be a portal open and heaven come! And so today I came here that you would become thirsty for more, that you would never settle for where you are, but that you would ask the hard questions What does this mean? And why did he come? And what does he want to do in me? So today, can we do that? You just, this moment, with your heads bowed. Just, and there's no sacredness in buying your heads. No, no weirdness of that. It's just it gives you a moment to remove distraction. It gives you a moment to start asking the hard questions What does this mean? And why did the Holy Spirit come? And what do you want to do in me? And that's what I want you to ask today ask God Almighty. The God you love. The God you know. And you ask Him this question. What do you want to do in me today? And maybe you came here today and you were really seeking to know, is God real? Is He really real? Is God alive or is God dead? Is God on the earth? And maybe you're here today struggling with that question. Well, the Holy Spirit is here today to bring you into all truth. Meaning, to bring someone into all truth is not just people who are believers. It's for those who are wanting to know more. Those who are thirsty. Those who are just hungry. Those who are wanting to know if God exists. He's here to bring you into all truth. And maybe you're in sin. You just know right now, you're in sin. You know that. And the Holy Spirit, He's not there condemning you. He's there drawing you to the heart of the Father. So that you can be forgiven. That's where we are right now. Maybe you're here today and you're broken. And you need the comforter to come and be your counselor. He's here today. He's right here. This very moment. To change your life forever. I'm just going to ask. If you're here today with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, you're here today, you say, Dusty, I, I'm seeking. I've got lots of questions. But today I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus. I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus because I have that conviction you talked about. I feel my insides are just shaking and trembling on the inside because I know God is speaking to me right now. And so I'm going to ask you to be bold. There's no one looking around, but you can be bold. If you're that person today and you say, Pastor, pray for me. Pray for me. I want to know the Jesus, the real Jesus. That's who I want to know today. And I'm here today seeking to know the real Jesus. If that's you, throw up your hand right now real quick. Yes. Yes. Yes, you can put it down. I want you to pray this prayer with me out loud or to yourself however whatever you, whatever connects to your heart to make a vow to God I want you to pray this prayer Jesus I surrender my life to you take away my sin make me new put your Holy Spirit in me fix my brokenness remove my sin Fill me with your presence. And set me on a new path to make a difference for you. And if you meant that from your deep heart, a vow that you just made to Jesus, there's a transformation that's promised. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He says if we would confess and believe in our heart, confess with our mouth, and believe in our heart that Christ is raised from the dead, you will be saved. And if you meant that, you are. You're saved right now. Saved. And completely accepted by God. Completely. If you're here today, you say, I need the comforter, because I'm broken. I'm broken on the inside. And I need the comforter to come. If that's you, throw your hand up right now. If that's you. Yes. 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 You can put your hands down. You say, Pastor, I'm one of those that have had lots of questions. And I've struggled with them all. And I, I know your story. I'm with you on that. And today I need the spirit of truth to come. And just answer some questions for me. If that's you, throw your hand up right now. Throw it up. Yeah. Yes. 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 Okay, do this with me. Open your eyes and everyone stand up. Just stand up and look right here. I know that just a few minutes ago, the comforter walked into the room. The counselor walked into the room. The teacher walked into the room. Those, that, the one who convicts of sin walked into the room. And the power of heaven was open to this house. If you prayed that prayer today where you said, you know, I want to know Jesus as my Savior, and you vowed a new life to Him, tell somebody and tell them, hey, I gave my heart to Jesus. Let someone know that you're outside of yourself confessing who God is in your life. Let's pray today. Jesus, I pray that you would take the hard questions the hard questions and answer them in our hearts. Answer them deep inside. Help us, Lord, to know our next step to follow You. Thank You for answering the hard questions so that we can be everything we want to be and everything You want us to be. Thank You for that. And Lord, I pray today, that those empowered by Your Spirit leaving this room today will now go make a difference, that this community will never be the same. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
1: Listen, here's what I love. Uh, about Dusty and Ann, you know, obviously when we invite people to come in, we, we don't really tell them much, and uh, we don't say, hey, can you preach this? Can you preach that? Hey, the people need to hear this. They need to hear that. We just trust the Holy Spirit is going to speak to them, and I think that uh, what, what they deliver today, knowing many conversations that I've had with a lot of you in this room, where you're actually wondering what's the next step, he told you the next step today, and, and I want you to know today that um, you know, we're not a church that's going to manipulate people, control people, force people. Uh, it's our job to present the Word of God, then it's up to people to respond, right? And so, so what you heard today was an honest, authentic message that had Bible wrapped all up in it, right? And so uh, I just want you to know that God's not offended with your process. Love is patient. Right. Uh, I, I could I could have said amen to half the things that he said today, because my my story was very similar. Uh, you know, I think we just grew up about 20 miles from one another, you know, which is funny. And so um, I, I want to read a verse and I don't you know, I don't need to preach anything. He did an incredible job. Um, but I do want to read this. He mentioned it a while ago. It comes out of Luke 11. Jesus talking it's in the red it says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and it will be open to you for everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks it will be open then he said this if a son asks for bread from any father among you says will he give him a stone or if he asks for a fish will he give him a serpent instead of a fish or if he asks for an egg it says will he offer him a scorpion and then it says this last part this is what I want you to hear It says, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So, So there is a spot where you have to come in agreement and you have to begin to ask the father to do this. Amen. So however that looks like for you and however long that needs to happen for you, that's between you and Jesus. Right? We just encourage you to begin to ask and get hungry because he always responds to hunger. Amen? So Jesus, we thank you for the message that we heard today lord we know it's your heart god we realize that there is a work of the baptism of the holy spirit that you desire to do in us and lord i recognize because i've been the same shoes that so many people in this room in currently god where it is uh it sounds scary it takes your breath away their hesitation but lord we thank you that you're so kind and you're so gracious. And Lord, you really do come and take us by the hand and guide us. And Lord, we're just simply asking God as a congregation today that you would do that, that you would guide us into deeper waters with you so that we can know you more, so that we can experience you in deeper ways, and so that we can be of greater uh, effectiveness for your kingdom in this, uh, in this region. And so, Lord, whatever you have to do in our hearts, we just give you permission. Thank you that you're a God that's not offended by our questions and that you're more than happy to answer them so we thank you that you are the spirit of truth and you're doing that so Lord I bless your people to receive all that you have for them today in Jesus name we pray amen
0: thank you for joining us today be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at the anchor have a great week and God bless